We are hunters, anglers, riders, and sometimes chefs. Our passion for the outdoor lifestyle motivated the foundation of Harvesting Nature, which serves as a media outlet built to inspire and educate the outdoor expert and novice alike. Our podcast focuses on the technical side of cooking wild fish and game, while also incorporating adventures and lessons learned from our pursuit of wild meat. Join us on our journey of Harvesting Nature. Hey everybody, before you get into this podcast episode, I wanted to tell you two things that are going on in, in the world of Harvesting Nature podcast. The first being that we're getting a lot of uh, positive reviews and, and comments on the various podcast platforms out there. So in order to celebrate that, what we are going to do is we're going to start reading one written review per week on our episodes and whoever wrote that review will will call out your username and ask you to write to us and we'll send you a free hat as a way of saying thank you for your support so i encourage you all to go out there uh, give us five star review and a written review and you get a chance an opportunity we'll say to uh to get a harvest in nature hat for free sent directly to your door second thing is this episode is an episode about alligator hunting. So what we did is we created a alligator hunting themed t-shirt that only right now four people own, the four individuals that were involved in this trip. And it's a really cool shirt. I have one, I'm wearing one right now. On the front, you'll see it says the food that bites back. And it's got a, a silhouette of an alligator and stuff on it. So take a look at the Harvesting Nature store. You can get the link in the show notes. Use that podcast code we've been telling you about for a couple of weeks now, podcast20. That'll give you 20% off anything in the Harvesting Nature store. And uh, get your shirt today. But otherwise, enjoy the episode. It was a fun one. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Harvesting Nature's Wild Fish and Game podcast. This is a mobile podcast. We're actually fully mobile right now. In the truck, returning from North Florida, back town to the old Harvesting Nature HQ, if that's what you want to call it. It's really just my house in the Florida <laughs> Keys. Um, so we're we're in Will's truck. We've been up alligator hunting uh, for the past few days with our buddy Wade and... Uh, we're going to talk about specifically that hunt and sort of what went into it, our expectations, just kind of give you a good overview. But I got Will here with me, as you can hear him laughing in the background momentarily just a few months ago, or moments, <laughs> months ago, moments ago. <laughs> hey, everybody. Um, so Will and I went up, just like I said, uh, we departed. So let me backtrack a little bit more. I'm going to backtrack further. So Florida has a quota permit system in place for alligator tags. Not sure how many thousands of alligator tags they allot each month, but they're allotted or each year, but they're allotted in phases. So phase one, um, they have all the tags open and you have different phases of those tags. Like the first week of opening the opening season the second week of opening season uh, and there may or may not be another little period in between sort of what you would call kind of the general season which is like from august all the way to the end of october where it's kind of open the ideal strategy is that you put in for you look at the harvest report so every year uh florida puts out these reports just like a lot of other states do that show specifically what alligators are harvested from what geographic locations within each unit within each county within each body of water that has its own permit um, so once that application system's open you put in for it you pay your your application like you're getting drawn for the tag basically you pay it and then what happens if you don't draw it they refund you the money so they do a phase one of the drawings and then they do a phase two of the drawings for those that aren't already field filled and then they do reissues and they continue to do reissues until all the tags are filled or the season closes so i drew uh none of my primary picks out of the first phase which were 
all South Florida, all known spots, probably a ton of people putting in for him. Needless to say, the luck was never in my favor. <laughs> um, which was unfortunate because I was looking forward to being closer to home. So then uh, the redraws came out for phase two, and um, I looked at it, and the only ones that were really left over were the counties, and the counties were not um, not ideal, but still I put in for them. I put together a list of which counties I wanted. I kind of looked at harvest numbers, blah, blah, blah. And I think at the very bottom of my list, the very, very bottom out of those that I put in was St. John County. So St. John County, for geographical reference, is South Jacksonville. Uh, St. Augustine sits in the center. And then I forget there's a small body of water, like a river, that's the southern boundary. And it goes over to basically encompass, uh, you know, part of the part of the St. John River. It's about as far away as you can get from Key West. Yeah. Literally, there's only one county north of that. Uh, where the city of Jacksonville is, then you have Georgia. So we went from Key West, the southernmost part of Florida, all the way up to Jacksonville. Uh, that was our Friday. and Nice uh, nine-hour drive for us. Yeah, so we got to do a lot of strategizing and, and thinking about what we were going to do and sort of have our expectations. And, Will, what were your expectations going into the sign? Because then I'll, t- I'll tell you what mine were, and they're completely different, I'm sure. <laughs> so... Never hunted alligator, always been on the bucket list, and Justin had his tags drawn, good to go, but there's a special thing Florida does. It's a trapper agent license, or it's an extra license that you can pick up. It's about $50 for resident or non-resident that allows you to help in the harvesting of a alligator with a tag holder. So basically, I'm able to go hunt and help Justin fill his tags just because it's such a, a team sport, as we came to find out. But going back to my expectations, so Justin's like, hey, you want to go alligator hunting? Of course. I'm like, yeah. And I picture probably what everybody pictures when they think Florida looking down. Swamp people? Yeah, exactly. Swamp people looking down a bayou with gators just stacked up on either side, and you could just have your pick of the litter. You know, I want that that 12-footer because he's longer than, you know, that 10-footer, but that 10-footer is fatter. So (laughs) it's like, ah. So my expectations were really, oh, we could fill both tags the first night and definitely changed. But those were my expectations going in. Like, we're going to drive up. We're going to see a lot of alligators. We're going to see a lot of them at night. So we started looking for alligators, like, as soon as we got out of the Florida Keys. Like, like, it's not legal for us to hunt it, obviously, but we're just, like, super stoked about going alligator to hunt it. So we're like, oh, there's an alligator, there's an alligator, there's an alligator. So I do want to put a little backstory on this, though, is that so – we, um, I reached out to the Florida chapter back country hunter and anglers and was like, Hey, got this alligator tag, like new to this, not sure what's going on. So out of results, I met, uh, Adam Steele and Adam, uh, who we picked up some gear from on the way up is super great guy. He actually, through our conversations of alligator hunting, he and I became good friends and then he began riding for harvesting nature. So you, you can check out some of his uh delicious recipes he's writing and some of his cool hunting and fishing stories uh but was so in addition to that i also uh reached out there's like a florida gator hunting page on facebook uh which i i i found as well and i reached out there and i was like hey st john county anybody you know have any hot hot tips any pointers any you know any recommendations for somebody who's I've been to St. Augustine once, but I've never, like, spent a considerable amount of time in in St. John County. So, um, I met our buddy Wade that way, and uh, he and I started talking a lot. You know, uh, he told me to check out the harvest reports and kind of led me in that direction, which was good because I got some good good intel off of that, which I then transferred over into my Onyx maps, and we got kind of a good game plan going um for what we were gonna do and then wade's also like hey man i got a, a cool boat and uh i'd be happy to take you guys out and like show you around and uh you know hopefully get you on some alligators and i was like cool so that was our plan sort of at the beginning and that was june-ish i think when the plan started coming to fruition yep 
and so we just kind of laid low and bided time and, and waited. Will had to go off to school, so I didn't I didn't hunt the early phase of the season, uh, partially because of the whole, you know, I don't know if you guys noticed, we have a pandemic going on. <laughs> um, we chose uh, this time period to go up, uh, which, as described to me, may or may not have been a mistake because they say the later in the year the alligators get skittish, the temperatures start dropping, all that fun stuff. So... We already had some challenges in front of us, going to a new place, uh, environmentally challenging weather, stuff like that. Harvest numbers not exactly ideal, which is what I later learned is why there's a lot of leftover tags to draw for St. John County. Um, There are big alligators there, but they're not as common as in other areas of Florida. Yeah, and I think one of the biggest things to know is just the weather and the amount of time we had to hunt. We, We left, I mean, looking at Friday and driving up and getting getting some hunting going on but we only had a few days to hunt and i think we kind of got screwed with the weather we had a cold front move in temperatures were in the 60s and a fact we learned is gators don't feed under 70 degrees uh, ambient temperature which was one of our original strategies but i think we'll get into hunting strategy here in a minute yep yep so definitely uh the weather is important thing so also I guess let's talk about the rest of our trip before we get into the weather uh, and kind of weather conditions. So trip up, met Adam, uh, got up to uh, go pick up a boat, which we ended up not needing. Uh, so it just sat on the trailer in the driveway of the house we stayed at. House we stayed at, beautiful place, right on the river with boat ramp, all that, or boat dock, all that cool stuff. Um, we ended up not spending a lot of time there because we were we were either sleeping or we were alligator hunting. And I want to say that times to hunt uh are backwards of what a lot of people think of as is like hunting and so we the opening hour was 5 p.m and you could hunt through the night until 10 a.m in the morning so in the, the theory being like you got a little bit of light on each side and then you got the night uh we later learned that the the best times to hunt uh, at least particular in the east for us, given the current circumstances, I won't say the best, but given our circumstances, was at night. Because you can use a spotlight and all the other stuff. And, well, actually, let's get into the equipment. So, um, no, let's not get into equipment. Yeah, let's, let's wait on that. I haven't talked about my expectations yet, have I? No. So, my expectations, uh, similar to Will's, were that we would go up there and basically drive around until we found an alligator. We had bait, uh, beef lungs that had been curing, I guess is a word for it. They were very ripe. They were putrid. (laughs) But to an alligator, that's like candy. So um, we had that, and the strategy was we were going to try to find some or toss bait out, uh, which would then be able to catch it. It has this little dowel in it that... They swallow with the beef lung, and then you're able to sort of pull them in close to the boat to to bang stick them or, you know, snatch hook them or whatever be it. Um, so I ran that scenario in my head several times, and I was like, this is going to be great process. It's very, like, systematic. Find the alligator. Check. Once you find the alligator, then you're going to throw the bait at it. Or you're going to pass by it and drop the bait at high speed, and it's going to think you threw something out, and it's going to go over and check it out. Turns out it's a delicious beef lung. It's going to eat it. Um, you know, there's lots of different strategies I'm sure that people have for presenting bait to them, all that. There's other ways to catch the alligators. Um, it's a lot more like fishing than hunting. The hunting part comes into finding them. Well, it's surprisingly like Western big game hunting with just glassing. Yep. Like during the daytime hours or even at night with the spotlight, you're just standing on the front of the boat binoculars up just glassing lily pads logs everything looking for the telltale signs of alligators and you know if you've ever western big game hunted you know that you know mule deer just appear out of nowhere and then you look real hard and it's a rock and it's the same situation with alligators you're like oh there's one it's a nice size a lot of a lot of log alligators yeah a lot of log alligators uh, a few lily pad alligators definitely some uh, and then some logs that turn out to be alligators it's uh, (laughs) So, um, let's fast forward then. We get up to, we didn't hunt the first night, um, 
because we had to go pick up the boat and we couldn't pick up the boat till the morning and I forget something else was going on schedule wise that we didn't hunt the first night when we got up to uh to Jacksonville. We actually didn't even stay on the river until the next day. But then um so we spent that day kind of fishing, uh putting putting around on, on the boat that we rented and just kind of scoping out the lake. So insert important note about weather. Uh, St. John River is really wide. It's actually a navigable waterway, um, channel marked, everything. So it's pretty wide. The wind was coming out of the northeast, which our area of the shore that we were hunting was the eastern side of the river. So wind out of the northeast puts a nice cold, rainy northeast breeze coming down. So that also on a wide body of water creates a lot of chop. And our chase boat we had... 15-foot whaler. Uh, <laughs> taking waves over the bow. Taking waves over the bow, which wasn't too bad during the day when we got there. But then Wade came down to meet us because uh, he had kind of scouted out some of the area ahead, and he knew where some of the alligators were. Well, where we, where we were trying to hunt once we got into Wade's boat, we weren't able to because of the weather. So we had to kind of relocate to a couple areas that weren't huge, um, but they were they were good. They were solid. Yeah. It was solid recommendation on Wade's part. Like Wade knows the river well. It was really awesome meeting up with him because this was the first time we met him met him online. And so walking up to him, his boat was super clean. He had everything organized. It it looked like we hired a guide i'm gonna be perfectly honest like yeah he guided us through the river super awesome dude one thing too wade wade's got a military background yeah, like us so he's very squared away uh very calm very professional so it was really awesome because i was a little nervous <laughs> going into it because it's just something <laughs> i'd never done and uh it was, it was i was out of my element oh Ooh. yeah we both were but you want to talk about the equipment yeah sure so walking up to uh wade's boat Justin spoke about we were planning on basically fishing for these gators throwing out these beef lungs for them and what they have is they have a one-way valve in their uh, inside of them and when they eat the beef lung that valve closes and won't allow it to open so you can basically reel them into the boat or it acts more like a locator in order for you to get like a snatch hook or a harpoon in them but that only works when they're feeding and when it's cooler we're not allowed to do that because they won't feed so there's a couple other methods there there's one, the snatch hook. So basically you locate them. It's a lot easier at night because you can see their eyes and then you start a slow stalk. We usually sl switch to like red light using as little light as possible just in order to not and spook them. Because this, this is all Wade's strategy and the strategy oh, yeah. that we sort of like. I don't know if we're giving away his secrets here. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is not ours and we're, we're not expert alligator hunters at all. Not claiming to be. This is just the strategy that we used. And it's not to say the only strategy. Like there's, oh, oh, uh, oh, that's a stop and a bump. Um, there's lots of different strategies to doing it, and everybody's got there, and I'm sure it's regional and all that. So ours, ours worked worked well. I, I will yeah. say that. Yeah, and what we would do is we would just sneak up on them, and then we'd use a snatch hook, which is just a treble hook, and on the end of the treble hook is a weight. So you can cast farther, and then it'll kind of drag under the surface. And what you're trying to do is get that treble hook onto the alligator. And once you get it on the alligator, um, it actually doesn't usually puncture the skin, which I did not know and which Wade showed us. But you just keep the line taunt, and it acts as a locator for the alligator so that you know where he went under, where he's sitting, what's going on there. And then from there, we were going to use a harpoon. Now, these harpoons are just... Basically, if any of you bow fish before, it's the same kind of tip you'd have on an arrow for bow fishing. And you go ahead and you harpoon the gator and it puts a buoy in the water, which is another locator. And then from there, you can work the gator. You can fish, basically reel in the gator into the boat. And once you get him next to the boat, you're going to use a bang stick. We had a 357 bang stick, which is just a pole with a primer in it. And you remove the safety with the bang stick loaded and you hit it. Right behind a, a firing pin. Yeah, a firing pin. Firing I'm pin. Sorry, yeah, did I say primer. Yeah, uh, it's a firing pin, and uh, you hit the gator right behind the head, and try to do it underwater. It's the safest way. That way, you don't get any bone fragments or anything, and uh, that's lights out for Mr. Alligator. Yep. And then you put him in the boat and go to shore. 
Uh, well, you got to tag him and all the legal yeah. stuff, but um, yeah, just, yeah just so, oh, stuff. we had all the equipment to do this, and then we had the the bait and the plugs and all the you know the bait rod and stuff like that. So we, we quickly found out after being out the first night. So we launch, uh, we launch the boat into the water, too choppy, recover the boat, and Wade's like, I got this other spot. We'll go. So we go check out the other spots, uh, which are a little more enclosed. Cruise around. Um, absolute favorite part of the trip was probably cruising down the back rivers. Um, saw some, some deer back there hanging out, tons of wildlife. I was pretty excited about that. And the river's just cool. Um, it's like a kind of tea colored, which is nice. (laughs) Molasses black. Yeah. Yeah. But I I mean, I, I guarantee if you took a mug and you dipped it in the water, it would be like tea. Maybe tea that set too long, but <laughs> <laughs> tea nonetheless. Um, very different from Key West. Very different. Like um, so, it was interesting. And then we we went out before the sunset, and then we cruised around. And then our strategy was, hey, we're gonna go find alligators using the spotlights because the the sun is going down. And so what we did is we went and cruised around and shined the spotlight until we found some eyes and then we worked towards the eyes until we either got close enough to harpoon or snatch hook them snatch line snatch reel whatever we want to call it and then that was kind of our strategy so we worked over that the first night um yeah we had uh, some tragedy hit that first night yeah so you use your uh, your main outboard obviously to get around but when you get up closer you want to drop in the trolling motor it's basically stalking a game animal, which it is, and you want to be as quiet as possible, so you use the trolling motor to navigate, and we got the prop tangled up in some weeds and really lost lost power, so we had to head back to the dock early, do a little maintenance on the boat at the dock. Uh, ended up everything being fine and fixed, thank goodness, uh, trolling motors are expensive, but it did cost us a few hours that night so just getting everything up and working. I think the other thing important to mention about that night is not that night, but just in general. The water's been really high, kind of all over Florida. We've been getting a lot of rain. Uh, a lot of areas closed down, a lot of areas coastal flooding, things like that. So the water was really high on the St. John um, so that it was kind of up into the woods. So that's a disadvantage for us because you think more water, more room for alligators to hang out in. And I, I think that was not to not to blame things not going right on the first night but a lot of our strategy and then a lot of the alligators we were seeing in certain locations were up in the woods and we'd try to get up to them but we'd either hit the bank we'd hit solid clumps of grass or we'd just hit the wood line and not be able to i mean i got within probably five feet of one but couldn't couldn't safely deploy the harpoon into it without you know risking falling overboard i mean risking falling overboard risking the gator wrapping a line around a tree and us not being able to get it like uh, there was a bunch of scenarios that played through my head that I was like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try as much as I wanted to it just didn't feel right so um that was kind of our first night and, and we went till about 10 11 o'clock and like we were exhausted already because we'd been up uh early in the morning getting with the boat being out on the water dealing with all that stuff so After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com waypoint. That's mintmobile.com waypoint. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com waypoint. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Here at Harvest in Nature, we are known to cook a variety of wild fish and game in a variety of ways. Probably one of my favorite methods is to cook in a smoker. Traeger Grills has some of the best products out there. Their pellet grills aren't just grills. They're smokers and ovens too. 
Anything you can do in the oven in your house, you can do on the Traeger. You can make desserts, you can grill steaks, you can use cast iron pans and braise tough cuts. You can allow roasts and briskets to smoke all day until they're tender and delicious. You can even use it to make jerky. Their variety of pellets are also very impressive. The different flavors of wood allow you to pair with your meat or fish or vegetables and give it the most flavor that you can create. They even have varieties created specifically for your next wild fish or game meal. We closed out the first night, went back to the place and slept. And the, the, the plan was we were going to meet up at sunrise and hopefully have A, better weather, and B, there would be more gators out there. Because the theory being larger gators like to come out later in the night and then like to stay out when the sun and stuff comes up. Well... The sun never came up. <laughs> so we kind of covered the same area again uh, and tried to work some more in the docks. We did spot one a ways off. Will spotted it. Actually, I think, Will, uh, I think you, Wade definitely spotted more. You spotted a lot at night, and I spotted maybe one or two. You, you had some good spots. It, it's just... Uh just no one wants to look for. Yeah, I, mean, it, I, I think I called out just as many logs, though. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I did too, and I I would call them out in my head, and then I would wait, and then it was like, oh nope, that was definitely a, a leaf. But um, and I I told Wade too as we were like talking this, I was like, one, I think you're going to be the first person to see something, and two, I'm not really going to know what I'm looking for until you like show us and we get a good understanding. I kind of like train my mind. Um, and the, the, the crazy thing that I always thought too is, is that to me, there are definite elements of big game hunting in it. But one thing that was different was working with the binos because we'd work over the lily pads during the day and try to look for, you know, eyes and a snout or their back sitting in the middle of the lily pads. Remember when I told you not to touch your mic? I just like talking with my hands, touch my mic. <laughs> but anyway, um, so you like work over the lily pads with your binos but in my mind in like the western game glass and stock theory i'm always looking for little bits of movement flick of the tail flick of an ear turn of a head something like that well when the wind's blowing on the water every lily pad is moving <laughs> intermittently in different yeah. stages so you're constantly like adjusting around there's leaves on the bank moving you're like is that log moving or is it not is it what's going on so well, you're the one moving, and you're trying to spot something stationary. So as you're going through these lily pads, your view aspect is constantly changing. So you yeah. keep looking over the same area, but you're moving, so your area is changing. And it can get uh, and off also off the unstable platform, just trying to get yeah. focused and steady enough to be able to, you know, make good calls and see, you know, the couple bumps that are going to be right above the surface of that alligator looking right at you. And definitely moving around a lot on the boat because it too it wasn't a it's not a huge boat it was like what 16 17 foot yeah with three big guys on it three big guys <laughs> um and yeah i mean movements around stuff like that but for the most part it was pretty cool like you get a combination of like sitting and standing and uh you definitely get to relax a bit but it's like you're cruising around the r it was raining it was cold for us yeah. um you know, we're in pants and a t-shirt, kind of starting out, and then I put another layer on, and I think by the by the end of the day, I was like in my guide jacket, and uh, it was raining, and I was also not wearing shoes; I was wearing my flip flops, because uh, I had, it was either flip flops or mud boots, and I was concerned about. I don't know why I didn't wear the boots, but anyway, I was in my flip-flops, which worked fine. It was just a little cooler than I, I would have comfortably liked, but that's not <laughs> what it's about. It's cooler. It well, was it felt like hunting then, you know, cold. It did, and yeah. Wet and Miserable. Yeah. Like <laughs> halfway through, I'm like, this is hunting. I'm not happy right now. <laughs> the really cool thing I liked about it is just the conversations we were able to have together, you know, with Wade and being able to ask questions and look oh, around. Oh, yeah. You know, it's not something you got to be quiet about till you're actually, you know, on the stock, you know, 30, 40 feet from the gator. So, you know, we're all just cutting up, talking, sharing stories, looking for gators. Uh, Wade was probably mentally exhausted by the end <laughs> of the night of answering my questions. Uh, we had so many questions. Um, but he had all the answers. 
He did, yeah. And it, it's, I think it's really cool, too. Like, he's he's new to the area, but he's been hunting gators for about seven, eight years now, which is pretty cool. So, and he's actually, he's harvested some big alligators, yeah, too. Yeah, he was saying his first gator he ever harvested, like, on the first day was, like, a 13-foot gator. It which was is something insane. huge. So, the Florida state record is 14 feet 3 inches. Uh, so, that puts it in perspective. So, it was, like, a foot and 3 inches shorter, 8 no, not 18. 15 inches shorter. <laughs> not 18. I can't count. Um, we're, a little, we're a little tired. Yeah, we've been driving <laughs> all day and gator hunting. We basically spent like 15 hours gator hunting out of a 30-hour period. And the uh, the other 15 hours was split of sleeping. Yeah. Or prepping gear to go gator hunting. Or prepping gear to go gator. Yeah, I think it was a easy mix. We had some. We ate some food in there somewhere, too, and drank some coffee. Yeah, a lot of coffee. But that was kind of the first night was just getting over the hump of that learning curve, you know, feeling, uh, you know, everybody out trying to where we like to be on the boat, how to move around on such a small platform, way yep. teaching us what to look for, how to look for it, where to stand, how to pass the gear around, because kind of what I was talking about earlier, this is such a team hunting sport because yeah. you, you can't you can do it all by yourself, but it's going to require a lot of experience. And honestly, I, I think a lot of luck. And, and at any moment, like, anybody can be handling a line or holding a harpoon or doing something like that. Like, it's... Yeah, it's once, once you hook them with yeah. the snatch hook, you, ha- you have to keep tension on that or the hook will fall out. Yeah. So that guy's dedicated to the, to the rod, and then you've got somebody else getting ready for the harpoon. And then the other guys, you know, untangling the lines and the cords, getting the buoys ready, loading the bang stick, driving the boat. So it really was a three-man operation. Yeah, it was. the The morning going out in the morning though was definitely different. Um, just thinking about it, sort of. It's a lot more chill. I felt like it was more chill, but I don't know that without the sun being out and the gators being out moving around, um, I didn't like it as much. Like if I had a preference. On sort of the way I would go out, I think I would just go, I would start my hunt at at sunset or like shortly after, just as soon as, as the spotlight can start to pick up the eyes. And I guess that's important. Like the eyes glow like a reddish color uh, when you hit them with a the spotlight. Like there's a lot of different things out there that glow, but it's like you, you train your eye to pick up the glow of the of the alligator's eyes. And I think we had the sun really working against us because it never came out the whole time we were there. No. And the whole point of hunting gators in the day is to catch them sunning. Yeah. And like, or swimming or in the water. and Feeding. Yeah. And so the, the big ones will, they'll move out into the, the bigger, wider bodies of water, which we also couldn't get to as well because of the wind and stuff. So uh, our chances of seeing those guys swimming around was was less but also the the ambient air temperature was less than the water temperature so it they like to stay in the water yeah it behooves them to stay in the water well and wade did some great scouting for us ahead of times and was giving us some great locations but due to the weather we weren't even able to get to those locations so most of the locations we hit to hunt were cold hits or were which were driven by earlier and saw a gator there so we didn't have a lot of the you know the core scouting that i'm used to having with a hunt and you know thankfully wade put in all that time for us and he's really knowledgeable with the area so he's still able to put us on some gators yep but it wasn't the most ideal situation it could have been in so i agree with justin hunting at night definitely paid much more dividends for us because we were able to spot gators in areas where we weren't quite sure where they were hanging out. So it enabled us to really see a bigger swath of land and cover the area quicker with the spotlights, vice, you know, slow rolling, looking for eyes and lily pads. And we weren't the only boat out there on uh, on the first night. Uh, there was another boat out there that was working probably like half a mile from where we were. Like we yeah. could see their spotlight working. We saw them come out. Um, we tried to like split up and divide up, but the spots that we could get to was kind of, wasn't as much. Um, I'm definitely curious to see a difference in like the water going down and, and the temperature going up and the activity of alligators. Cause I think there would definitely be more there. Well, and speak of like water going up and down, kind of transitioning to the second night. Uh, so we hunted the first night, hunted the next morning, kind of in the same location. And then 
because of the water level, we're like, hey, let's go ahead and move to the intercoastal, which was, you know, a half hour drive east of us. And let's look there. A little more brackish water, but new area looking at how animals feed. There was a lot of bird population there, so we knew that gators would have a food source. And then Wade had some uh, inside information about somebody who owned a dock there and was like, yeah, I see gators all the time. So we're like, hey, let's pick up. Let's go over there. Let's yep. see some new territory. We had a delicious meal. Oh, great meal. Um, just before we got, a, we got it underway, we uh, – we had we brought some lobsters 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 we brought some lobsters up uh from Rock key lobsters. west with us yeah um and we're able to share with wade for his first time he'd never had lobsters before we made lobster tacos and we had uh the traeger scout which is great because it's like small and portable but still does the same uh delicious stuff traeger does and we plugged it in the back wheels truck and literally sat there next to the boat dock and had a had a meal and sort of talked our strategy for the night, which was the spot, even though Wade had the intel, it was the first time that he'd been over there uh, to hunt alligators. So uh, it was pretty cool that we were all kind of on a exploratory mission from the get-go of, of the hunt on that side that night. Yeah, and totally different terrain. So... The first place we were in looked exactly where you think gators would live. It was yeah. marsh, swamp people looking terrain. And then the next area is basically a fly fisherman's dream for redfish. It was all just flats. You had the intercoastal right there in the middle. So you had a deep channel in the middle and then all these grass flats. And I never in my wildest dreams would have assumed gators lived there. Yeah. I mean, it was it was gorgeous terrain. We got the fly rod out a little bit, casted some it's, tailing reds. Yeah, it's it's literally like something I pictured out of a out of a fly fishing, like a saltwater fly fishing magazine, like for the brackish waters. Like you could you could take that little chunk of land and pull it and put it either in a you know up in the Carolinas. You could put yeah. it down on the Gulf Coast in Texas, like. It, it was pretty iconic, like, redfish scenery in my mind. Oh, yeah. It was it was gorgeous. I I loved it, and that's why we brought the fly rod out. And we'll but try there were gators there. Yep. A lot of gators. There are gators there. <laughs> I was happy to launch from there. So we launched during the day still, and uh, that was cool because we, I think our strategy was really sound. We were like, we're going to cruise down to this point, and again, referencing Onyx, I took a. I downloaded the offline version of the map of the area we were going to be at, helpful. so that I could track it, and it was very, very helpful. Because we were trying to figure out there were some creeks. People had given us recommendations of place to go, like little offshoots. So we were using these points of reference, and I think we would have really struggled with it had we not had the the map to look at. Well, without the map, I'm pretty sure we would have gotten stuck somewhere. Yeah. The, it's either channel or six inches of mud flat, and that mud is so soft it really sucks the hull of the boat in. And then even if you've got a, a polling pole, which we used our harpoon poles, the harpoons, yeah. they just sink into the mud and aren't actually pushing the boat enough. So we almost got stuck once or twice. And if we wouldn't have had onyx, I'm pretty sure we would have yeah. gone down the wrong I, I think wrong we, we figured a good tactic, though, for polling. Um, we kind of, like, pull up the engine, pull up the – we'd scoot – until the trolling motor like started you could feel it like hitting stuff and then we'd stop and then we'd pull and if we needed to move forward or or aft we would uh we'd use the like will said we'd use the bottom part of the harpoon to kind of like dig in the mud or like push off the grass or sort of move around to get us set and the cool thing was going down our initial like ascent um to our turnaround point, the current was moving so fast um, that we were able at w one point just to kill the engine and just like drift. And we were able to just kind of like glass the banks and glass the the marsh areas for gator as we sort of moved along. Um, and it, it worked in our advantage because we had a major outgoing tide. So all these yeah. little creeks and tributaries that were coming into the intercoastal were kind of drying up which I think really worked to our advantage. Maybe not in the fact of our draft and how far we could get back up in there, but I know it definitely pushed gators from 
kind of their homes way back in there to more inside the channel. Yep, which which paid off. Yeah, uh, really definitely. Really the other thing, so just to kind of paint the picture, is we were moving down and we got to our turnaround point and we stopped and we waited for the sun to set and then we started. We're like, all right, we're we're at a good point. We can start moving back towards the boat ramp, which I think at this point was about six or seven miles away. Yeah, I think. Yep. And um, just started moving and just slowly, we were up on the main engine, uh, just kind of cruising, and then we definitely spotted alligators um saw a lot of alligators saw a lot of alligators yeah. saw it a lot in places that i wouldn't expect to see them and didn't see the others in places i would expect to see them but definitely at night was was easy with the spotlights working the intercoastal because you could kind of get you could get a good view inside and out a little cutouts along the side of the banks and all that stuff and then once we were able to get on one, you'd oftentimes moving around and spooking it, find others. Yep. And we connected with the, we Wade connected with the snatch rod once on a good solid pull. And, uh, and then we lost him again because the boat was drifting in the current, the trolling motor was going and the alligator was sort of swimming towards us all at the same time. So like all these things like swirled around and happened in the same moment and he like popped off. But it was like a solid, like the rod bent over. Oh, it, was, it was cool to watch. And yeah. It, the reel just couldn't keep up with how fast the gator was swimming towards us. And like I said earlier, the hook didn't penetrate the skin, so it just fell off when the pressure was released. Yep. So then then we got into, we saw another one. We made several passes. We, we probably spent about 45 minutes yeah. on that one particular alligator trying to get it. And we'd chase him around this little cutout. It had an, an opening and entrance that went in and out of the river, just like a crescent shape. And we'd follow him in there, move, and then we spotted a really big alligator. And there was a lot of debate <laughs> on whether it was an alligator or not because all you could see was these two orbs glowing, but it was almost like... Um, they, were, they were so far apart, it had to be a huge gator. Yeah. And it was so big that we were questioning... Whether or not it was, and there was grass or if it was in like front a of the yeah, or like a reflector, a buoy, yeah. or something. Because there was grass in front of, I think his the gator's left eye, and it kept flickering, so it didn't quite look like a, a set of eyes. And so we decided to go towards that one, and as we were moving towards it, he like went under, and then we tried to reacquire him, and all all this other stuff, and went went through that kind of back and forth, and then sort of flushed out that area. Um, enough that we we really got them spooking and moving because what happens is like you would spot them and then you try to try to hook them and then if you would or wouldn't hook them as they were up you could kind of tell like oh he went down in this general area so you could kind of blind cast where you thought he may be and he or she is where they should be because <laughs> <laughs> um, we didn't know what what gender they are obviously and another funny thing is like the size of alligator Throughout the entire period, Will's going to laugh at me for this because he would remind me of it. So I started off being like, oh, you know, I saw like an 8 to 10-foot alligator. <laughs> and then like a few hours into the first night, I'm like, I could settle for like a 7 to 8-foot alligator. And then it like quickly decreased until we're like, we're there on the last night. And I'm like, I'd take any legal alligator at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was uh, expectations definitely changed. So, what were your expectations going into the night, night two? You know, we'd already had a nighttime and a daytime or a morning hunt with with Wade. So, kind of, how did your expectations change just in 24 hours when it came to gator hunting? Um, I think like like we talked about earlier was really going into it. I I thought that there was going to be m more of an opportunity. I thought they were going to be easier to spot and just more frequent, like you said. Yeah. I thought, this is Florida. There's lots of alligators swimming around. We're in a big body of water. It's like back river, swampy area. Of course, why not? There's going to be alligators. They shouldn't be hard to find. People do this all the time. Um, but little did I know and little did I found out, one, alligator is really tricky. Two, you think of them like an apex predator, right? Yeah. So being an apex predator, it's just odd to think like, these guys are scared. They get skittish. They swim away. So it's like... In the end, you'd think, like, yeah, we're hunting them, but if I fell in the water, they'd be hunting me. But <laughs> in the end, it, we're kind of in this, this back-and-forth struggle of, like, who's the apex predator at the time, um, which is an interesting thing just to put 
put away in the back of your mind as you, as you go through this process. And going into the second night, uh, one, I knew it was kind of like the last night. So I was, I was definitely, I felt the pressure. Uh, I was not anxious. I mean, cause I had had a blast. I'd learned so much. We met Wade, got to hang out with Adam, like lots of cool things were happening. We were exploring. We we're just out there, which was good. It was relaxing. And it, it was just a, an experience and continued to be an experience through that night. But my expectations, I definitely started off the night like really low. I'm <laughs> like, new spot. Maybe we'll see something. Maybe we won't. The water's a little salty. We don't really know what's, you know, what exactly is going on. So we'll we'll see. And uh, I was really happy when we started spotting gators. Like, boom, there's a gator. Boom, there's a gator. Boom, there's a gator. Boom, there's a gator. And, um, it, yeah. The hunting really picked up. And it was awesome just to see all the gators. We'd stay in the middle of the channel, uh, each glass in a different side with the spotlights. And we'd see eyes. We'd start the stock. We'd get in close. And, I mean, we'd connected with the snatch hook, with the harpoon, with – and it was great. And I'll, I'll tell you, too, like – the Intercoastal Waterway runs the whole north-south link of St. John's County. So I'm like, I'm not giving you any, like, geographical hotspot other than to say that's where we were. And there's nothing to say that that's where they're going to be at any given time. Yeah. But it's a huge amount of space. Uh, so there's that. If you ever ended up in that area, good <laughs> luck. <laughs> yeah, good luck. Um, but, yeah, we saw a lot of alligators. And then... I was, like, joking. I was, like, we're going to find one closer to the beginning than the end, um, which is kind of the one that we spent the most amount of time on, and I, I think I learned the most lessons <laughs> on. <laughs> um, I had my first, like, beginner's mistake. Um, not a safety-related mistake, although it could have turned that way, uh, I realized, but y- you never really know what's going to what's gonna happen. Yeah, that's all the, w- the what-ifs. The what-ifs. Yeah. So... We spot this gator from a ways off, and we start the normal process of, like, working our way towards it. And then uh, Wade's like, I can't, I won't be able to cast to it because it's up in the grass, but I'm just going to try to get us as close as possible before the gator drops, and then you got to harpoon it. And I was like, okay. So here I am on the front of this boat, harpoon ready, <laughs> standing in, like, sh- my front elbow is kind of near Wade's left shoulder. Like, I'm I'm going not directly over him, but it's off to the side. It's close quarters up there. Close quarter close quarter combat, <laughs> Wade, myself, and the alligator. Um, and Wade Wade got us close. Super close. I like two feet from this gator, like S- almost no, right no, over no. the top of him. No, we were over the top of him. <laughs> we were over the top of him, but we didn't know we were over the top of him. And I had visually marked where the spot where I saw this, this – uh, this alligator's eyes so when we were making our approach i was just focused on that and then boom we kind of like slide up into the grass and like stop but the gator's eyes are not there so we're like all shining around we switch from red lights to white lights and we're all looking around actually did we switch from no we stayed on red did we stay on red on red because that was that we'll finish the story and then talk about light color so we were okay so we didn't switch to red i couldn't remember because it was all a jumble after <laughs> so then i recall in my mind a conversation that wade and i had, had. it was like oh yeah a lot of times like we get the gator alongside the boat and you kind of like feel around with the harpoon because you know it's underwater and then you tag it with the harpoon but the thing that the little small clip that was not in my mind out of that. <laughs> the little context of the earlier conversation. Was the part that I forgot was the fact that he had mentioned when they had him on the snatch hook and it was alongside the boat. So here I am like, well, I know that that alligator was probably in this area. So I just take the harpoon and I just gently boop, just pop it into the. <laughs> Give him a little poke. Well, I didn't know it was there. I thought I was just, <laughs> I honestly thought I was going to hit water. Well, I mean, you could imagine if you poked an alligator with a harpoon, but it was like you poked him with a a thumbtack instead of like stabbing at it, because the way it's like you gotta push like you're gonna stab it all the way through if you're gonna if you're gonna tag it. So anyway, I like poked him, 
and it just like this scene erupted like the alligator's tail thrashed like i screeched and shouted a bunch of curse words <laughs> the alligator's tail hit the side of the boat then he started as he moved under the boat which i'm very curious now that i think about it because we were that there must have been maybe like four or five inches of water so he like literally like slithered under the boat oh yeah well, it was like kind of scraped the bottom of the boat. So. He was like hitting the bottom of the boat. Then he got to the other side, and his tail's like still thrashing the side of the boat. And then he's like, he's gone. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and the first thing out of Wade's mouth is like, you got to stick it if you're going to stick it. I was like, I know. <laughs> I was like, but I just thought back to this conversation of uh, of us talking about just kind of feeling if it was there. I was like, I didn't expect the alligator to actually be in that spot. <laughs> I mean, I guess I did. That's why I stabbed the harpoon there. But I didn't expect the <laughs> reaction. Because my other thought, the other side of it was, I was like, well, if I do if I do stab it in the water and then it, like, sticks the harpoon in there and then the harpoon's in the mud or they're going to pull it out and, like, this whole, whole ordeal. But it caused a different whole ordeal. So... <laughs> Um, so we well that alligator he actually kept popping up uh, yeah. after that which he gave us some other opportunities at him and we chased him for about an hour and we we spent we spent a good amount of time on that alligator that was that was a great great little stock yeah so we ended up seeing a lot of alligators throughout the night um, leaving the end of the night I'm not gonna tell you if we got an alligator or not purposely. And you're gonna a know, l- little suspense there. Yeah, you're going to know why later on. And we'll tell you why later on. But I'm going to leave it at this. Um, An amazing time. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Like, some of the most f- fun, unique hunting I've done in my, in, in my hunting career. Such a blast, too. Just the different ecosystems between the intercoastal and then the swamps. And being able to see these animals really up close and personal was it was an awesome experience getting the opportunity to fish yeah. to uh hang out on the river cook some uh key west lobsters up yep. in st john yep. county we made antelope burgers oh those were good yeah it was pretty oh man so good <laughs> um so then we departed departed the area we dropped our boat back off up in jacksonville uh, this is well the next day so we all we went back to sleep. <laughs> Wait, that'd, that'd be today. Today, yes. <laughs> so we went to sleep. Yeah, we didn't get back last. Last night was pretty brutal. We didn't get back till like midnight. Uh, we enjoyed some delicious waffles. The Waffle House, local Waffle House. Yeah. We don't have one of those in Key West, so uh, it was it was a treat to have some waffles, midnight waffles, and coffee because it was it was still cold. It wasn't rainy as much, but it was still cold. Cold for a couple Key West guys. It was in the yeah. mid, mid to low 60s. Yep. Um, so we said goodbye to Wade and uh, headed on our way to the Waffle House, then back to the, the cabin, we'll call it. Cabin on the River. That's right. And um, basically just crashed out, got up the next day, and uh, we, we had to pack up and then go drop our boat off up in Jacksonville, so we had to drive a little bit north to then turn around and drive south, and we went and visited Adam for a bit, yep. drop off our gear, or the gear that he had loaned us, and did a little bit of fishing, caught some tilapia. Oh, he's got this great pond in his back. Well, it's like a mini little lake he's got in his, on his property, and we were pulling some tilapia out, having some yep. good conversations. He's good telling times. us how to you know, cook gator, how he does it, a couple of his little recipes. It was awesome. Yeah, it was a good conversation. Uh, definitely looking forward to seeing some of, some of Adam's recipes. And uh, he, he told us a little bit about some of the recipes he's thinking about putting up there. And, I mean, stay tuned, guys. It's going to be some good stuff. I don't want to give it away, but I'm, I'm excited for alligator recipes. Uh, I, have, I am too. Yeah. So, but anyway, <laughs> I digress. Um, so, outside of that, you know, just... Man, what an experience. And I, I definitely am interested to do it again. I don't know if I'm going to get the opportunity to do it again just because I don't know what's in store for me sort of next year, transfer season-wise. Um, Will's sticking around for another year. 
I'm definitely giving it another shot yeah. next year. If I can draw tags, for sure. And you get two tags, which is cool. So there may or may not be time to still fill tags or not fill tags. I'm going to leave it at that. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, for, for next year. Yeah. Um, I think it's it, – man, it, it was just such a neat experience. And it's also very eerie out there. At moments, <laughs> I caught myself like, this is kind of a – this is a little creepy. Like, we're in a small boat. There's the chance that there's a big alligator out there. And not saying yeah. – uh, not saying that, you know, the, the alligator is going to attack the boat. I mean, it's always possible if it's a big enough one. I think – one of the it was one of the state records, one of the heaviest weighing ones. The guy hunts it in like a ten foot boat, which is insane. And he's like in the pictures I was reading the article. Uh, this has been a couple years ago, but he's showing like jagged teeth marks on the side of his boat, like his aluminum boat where these alligators are fighting back and biting his boat and all kinds of like crazy stuff. And it's just like, of course, you're out there in the moment, like harpoon in hand dead silent nothing but red light and the humming sweet serenading organ music <laughs> of the wind whistling through the uh the braid line the on those <laughs> rods it was so taut because it had such a heavy treble hook on them that you had to really roll them up there it was like and it would just it, it sounded just like whistle organ. At you it sounded like organ music it was very eerie yeah. very eerie whoa what's going on here we're good. Okay. <laughs> um. So, yeah, it was eerie and that added the ambiance because it seemed like any time that we were making an approach on an alligator, it was like you could hear it just whistling in the background. Well, you can hear everything at night, especially yeah. over the water. I mean, everything. And there's birds and there's frogs and all kinds of rigmarole out there. Um, it's probably guppigators and chupacabras and everything else. We saw something weird too <laughs> that we didn't know what it was. So it saw like two eyes when we first saw it, it was near the water, maybe like shoreline near the water. And then we got to it and then it moved like two points down, which they were small points. So probably like totally like 50 yards away, but in a matter of like 30 seconds. And then it's looking at us from that point, but the eyes were set up off the water this time and it wasn't like there was anything out of the water that and we could see and just the way it moved its head it looked back at us it was watching us yeah which was different because that's not what gators do yeah i mean i think we had times they were definitely watching us but maybe like they, they weren't moving away from us and then turning back towards us yeah which was a big it was uh it was a little different it had nice red eyes so uh I don't know. Will thinks it's a, a bobcat or some kind of cat. I was always taught growing up that when you saw the reflection of the eyes, you if know, it was red. I wonder if it was, it was like, uh, was didn't Wade say they have like otters and stuff out there? Yeah. That would make sense. It was kind of high off the water to be. I if don't it was know. standing it's up. probably a chupacabra, maybe Bigfoot. Uh, <laughs> Bigfoot on its stomach. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't that tall. Hey, he could be, you know, swimming waist deep. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we didn't have any close encounters of the third kind, fourth kind, fifth kind. I don't know how many kinds there are. But anyway. It was a great trip. I really, really enjoyed it. I definitely want to go back to I want to. F I want to fly fish on a warmer day. Uh, I want to get back in there on the, the flats and, and fly fish for some redfish too. A little redfish on the half shell. Oh, yeah. I think it would be really cool to catch a redfish and a gator in the yeah. same day on the same river. Yep. It would be super neat. And then eat them both in the same night. Oh, yeah. A little uh, North Florida, I, I guess, is alligator considered turf? Surf and turf? Surf, surf and swamp. There you go. <laughs> well, but is a redfish considered surf? I mean, you can catch them in the surf. Stream and swamp. But anyway... <laughs> We quickly digress. <laughs> um, overall, good trip. So really happy that we could share with you guys. Um, definitely a learning experience. So, hundred percent. I, as always, recommend if you get the opportunity to do it, do it. Uh, just do it safely. It could definitely get squirrely out there. You're at night. If you don't know the place, try to learn it. And uh, always ask around. See if you can get any help from 
from the locals. And uh, Will, you got any last thoughts, bud? No, I just echo what Justin said. Be safe out there. Have fun. And uh, really take advantage of your home state. You know, if you can hunt gators in Florida, put them for tags. If you can hunt. Fun fact that Justin told me, my home state, Texas, actually has second. the uh, yeah. second largest population of alligators. So if you're uh, from Texas, may look into getting some tags down there. Yep, I would do it. So, um, and as always, if uh, if you don't follow us on social media, go check that out. Whatever podcast platform you listen to, smash that five-star button. And uh, tell us what we're doing wrong. Tell us what we're doing right. Leave us a great review. Thanks, and have a good night.